What's going on? Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, get out of debt, find and do work they love, and actually learn how to be in relationships with one another. I'm John Deloney, joined by my good friend George Camel, and we're taking your calls on money, life, work, relationships, all of it. 888-825-5225. Let's go out to the TOM to Tom in Peoria, Illinois. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Just had a quick question for you. What's up? So my son is in fifth grade, and he's on the basketball team. He plays for the fifth, sixth, and seventh grade team and also the eighth grade team. Dude, is he a stud or is it a teeny tiny school? Um. Not to boast, but he is—he's pretty good. Um, he plays on the travel team as well. But um, for for his school team, um, they're trying to buy sweatpants and a hoodie for all the kids, so that way when they go to home games and away games, they look uniform. You know, as a as a team. Um, some parents are not able to afford. Um, the sweatpants. Okay. And so the, the total amount is just under $1,400 for 21 sets of sweatpants and sweatshirts. Um, they're about $900 short. My wife and I are in baby steps four through six. And we were just wondering, I was wanting your guys' opinion. Is it okay for us to go ahead and just pay that difference? Uh, I would. Okay. If we can afford it, um, George, you can win on the money side, but and, and I would do it in a way that just says an anonymous donor came through. Exactly. And um, yep. I wouldn't want to become like, I'm the parent who, it, but a, or just let the coach say, hey, we were able to get the money together. It's awesome. Right. And that can okay. be some, a conversation between you and your son when he's a little bit older, and that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That's what my generosity looks like, but um yeah, I would. What do you think, George? Yeah, I was going to include that exact caveat. It's just do it in a way that doesn't feel like, hey, guys, I got this one. Tom's got this, which is a very nice thing to do. How have you guys currently raised those funds, the other 500 bucks? Uh, the school's trying to do, they call it a hot shot. It's just a, a raffle during the halftime of the, the games. And so they've raised, you know, 30 bucks here, 40 bucks here. A couple other parents have been able to, to donate, you know, maybe 40, 60, $80. But, so you're going to finish um, this off with 900 bucks in the raffle. Um, Cause it's already anonymous, yes. right? Correct. And you might Correct. win the raffle. You'll win like a gift basket. What is this? Uh, you, you get to shoot four shots during halftime, and if you if you make a shot, you get something from the concession stand. I hope that's you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well, and hey, Tom, Perfect. so one of the things that is um, I, I, I learned from a group of college students, so this group of college students moved into a low-income part of the community not to save the community, mm-hmm. but to become a neighbor. And okay. these, co- it's, it was one of the greatest privileges of my life working with college students who were so brilliant at solving some of these problems that adults overcomplicate. But here's what they did, and it was magic. They lived in an area where people couldn't afford Christmas presents for their kids. And so what they did, or multiple Christmas presents, what they did was they offered people opportunities to basically earn some sort of credit, clean up the park come help us with some of our, our weekly meals because they would serve all the kids in the neighborhood just a, a free meal, right? 
Okay. And what they allowed the parents to do is to retain their dignity. They may not have okay. 20 bucks, but they sure had half an hour on a Saturday to go help clean up the park. And that translated into a toy because the kids did a great, the college students did a great job raising funds to buy some of these toys. But the thing that they were helped preserve in those neighborhood parents was their dignity. Okay. They got to work towards a thing, these gifts, even though it wasn't a money exchange, it was a time exchange, it was an expertise exchange, it was a support exchange. And so I say all that to say, it may be that you can have time, this, this may be not time prohibitive, but maybe you've got time to set up one more thing mm-hmm. at a local church or a local something or other, and all the parents who come and help, hey guys, I think we have an opportunity to raise a little bit more money, but we're going to all clean the church building at this local church, and they're going to kick in some money. And then look at that. They kicked in $900. Okay. Right? And so the parents might not have the money, but they might have the time. And anyway, that's something I always keep in mind. Any way I can preserve somebody's dignity in doing something like this. And when I say to preserve their dignity, they have an opportunity to work for it towards something, put some skin in the game, even though that skin may not be money. That skin might be time. Skin might be, again, expertise. It might be they showed up to help. Um, even 20 minutes, 30 minutes between my three jobs, I can show up and do 15 minutes worth of whatever, anything counts. And then they are able to smile when those, when their kids get that, that tracksuit, they don't hang their head as much as, yeah, I I participated in that too. Again, you may be running out of time. This may be this Saturday, right? And so I would just go ahead and put the money out there. But anytime I could think long-term about this is, is including as many people as possible in this, I always think is, is, is pretty great thing to do. 100%. 100%. Good call. I kind of want some of those matching sweats now, John. What do you think? Me and you I've on the court? I've been waiting for you to get us the maxing, matching sweats. Me and you and Coleman on the court? Well, you and Coleman would get bright white ones, and I just am not a white sweatsuit kind of guy. We could go kind of... You could, I feel like you'd be... Uh, all black. All black. Yeah. I'll be on that team. Really? Just me and you against Coleman. Uh, well... Some alley-oops? I don't even know what that is. All right. Do you I know what, Hey, hold on. Before we... Yeah, do, I know do, what an alley-oop you know alley is. What is it? It's when they throw the ball towards the guy who's already at the basket and he dunks it. Right, James? Yes. America, if you're not watching this, if you're listening, uh, George just Wikipedia alley oop. No, I watched a lot of Space Jam growing up, John. It's different. (laughs) You were a Space Jam kind of guy. There it is. But I do love that. The generosity is rarely uh, something you regret. You look back on, like, shouldn't have given the 900 for those sweats. Right. Those entitled little kids. And so it's something where if it, if you have that on your heart and you're in a financial place to do it, it's not setting you back. Right. And he mentioned, hey, we're out of debt. We, we don't have this other you know goal on our, our ba- monkey on our back we've got to get rid of. We did this so that we have the margin to be generous. That's exactly It's right. one of the main right. reasons we encourage people to follow these steps. Right. And I, I want there – is, there is people who are in dire poverty who need help right now, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm not talking about that, that group of folks, right? I'm talking about there's a difference between walking into, I'll just say Waffle House, and you can pull one of the waiters outside and just say, hey, thinking about you, here's $500, right? The, the dollar amount would be the same. But if, they, if you go in with your family and it's late and y'all are tired and they do a great job and they make some jokes, the waiter does, and make sure your coffee's always refilled, and you pull them aside and you say, hey, you gave me and my family something we haven't had in a long time, and that is focus time together and you gave us peace and i'm so grateful that you use your talents i know you're exhausted i know this probably isn't your career destination right but you went out of your way to honor and serve my family so here's 500 dollars. the dollar amount's the same but what i gave in that moment is purpose and dignity 
That guy will that guy, that man or woman will walk eight feet tall, right? So it's finding ways to include people in whenever possible. Sometimes it's, that's prohibited. You can't do it. But if you can include people in the job they're doing, in a task they can support you, and then you bless them on top of that, it just, it's a, it's a gasoline on a fire the recognition of plus the reward. Golly, that's nice. Man. Yeah. Just telling a story. This is The Ramsey Show. You've been gazelle intense. You've eaten more beans and rice than you knew existed. And now you're ready to make your biggest investment better. Blinds.com is a great way to dress up a room or your entire home. Whether you like do-it-yourself projects or you don't even know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, trust Blinds.com to take care of you like Ramsey would. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or let Blinds.com's professionals handle everything for you. Blinds.com offers a completely hassle-free experience. Count on them to deliver stylish window treatments from premium brands without the premium markup. And you can count on free shipping, free samples, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can rest easy. That's why we've recommended Blinds.com for over 10 years. Shop Blinds.com right now and get up to 40% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to the Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined here by George Camel, and we're taking your calls on money, work, life, relationships, your emotional, mental health, whatever you got going on, we got you. 888-825-5225. All right, the question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly has local service providers who can repair, maintain, and improve your home. Their network of experts offers top quality work and customer service by trained, reliable service providers. Find the help you need at neighborly.com slash Ramsey today. Today's question comes from Jackie in Utah. Buckle up, John. My husband and I are 47 years old and we're both impulsive spenders. Hey, yo. I recently came across your podcast. Hold on. Can we start right there? Yeah. That's some self-awareness. I respect that. Okay. I just, I, I, James, I know we got to go through this question, but I just got to start right here. We'll get there eventually. We are both impulsive spenders. This is not a diagnostic label. Like we are both five foot eight, right? Just a fact. So we can't reach high things on our cabinets. That would be a logical sentence. We are both impulsive spenders is not an empirical fact the way this is laid out. This is actually, my husband and I are 47 years old, and we both act like children. There it is. We choose to be emotionally immature with our spending habits. And I haven't read the rest of this. I'm just so sick of the way we have taken adjectives and nouns and created them as identity verbs. Like we've created them. I'm an impulsive spender. What can you do? What can you do? No, you're an impulsive child. All right. I will not interrupt again unless I have to. Go ahead. Thank you for that, John. That was a very helpful redefinition. Here we go. I recently came across your podcast and we're both fired up about getting out of debt. I'm having some real fear and doubt about myself and whether if I'll be able to change my habits and control my spending. Growing up, my family didn't have very much money. So I have always had a scarcity mindset and I know that's where my impulse spending comes from. My husband isn't as much of a spender as I am. He came from a financially stable home, but they never followed a budget. The person I don't trust to be able to make these financial changes is myself. 
I've tried to change in the past. I get all fired up about something and start down the road of change, but before long, I revert back to old habits. I completely break trust with myself and end up feeling ashamed and defeated. I desperately want to make lasting changes with our finances, but I just don't have any faith in my ability to do this. How do I restore trust in myself? All right. So first, Jackie, I apologize for interrupting at the very beginning and throwing a temper tantrum because you're calling it out. I am emotionally immature with my money and I don't know what to do. And I've got a lot of compassion and sympathy for that question. So when somebody says, how do I restore trust in myself? My instant response is always be trustworthy, be trustworthy. And so what does that mean? That means I have to begin to create a world where I do what I say I'm going to do. Now, sometimes we um, overlook, uh, we step over dollars to pick up dimes when it comes to stuff like this. So for instance, I am a person who will always follow to follow a budget. How can I not follow a budget? If I spend money that's not in the budget, what do I have to have to spend money? I have to have my ATM card. I have to have cash. Cool. If I take away my ATM card, if I take away cash, if I get rid of Amazon Prime, then I cannot do those things. Similar, how can I stop drinking? Step one is get rid of the alcohol. Get rid of the environments where there's alcohol. So how do I restore trust in myself? It's not this white knuckle event where you're going to be flexing. I'm going to put in significant hurdles in my way that make it almost impossible to fail when it comes to gaining trust in myself. Like for me, I struggled with getting up and going out to getting in the car, letting the car warm up, driving across town to the gym. So seven or eight years ago, I just started slowly piecemealing the gym together in my house. Now it's right there, right? I've taken away all the friction. Now when I say I'm going to work out tomorrow, I just go downstairs and work out. See, like, see what I'm saying? So yeah. Minimized. And there's been seasons when I gave my wife my ATM card. I was out of control. I was an emotionally immature spender. I gave my wife my ATM card, so I, I literally couldn't spend. And then I had to sit with that discomfort. What do I want to buy right now? Oh, I don't really want to buy anything. I'm bored. Or I have a scary meeting coming up. Or I don't really want to go do this assignment. Or I have administrative tasks I don't want to do. I had to deal with why I was feeling those things. I didn't have that emotional that, that little scrolling thing that makes you feel so good, that dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. I didn't have that anymore, right? So how do you restore trust? Become trustworthy. What do you think, George? Yeah, I'm with that. I was just thinking there's this element of kind of making the bad habits more difficult and making the good habits easy. And yeah. part of that is I'm taking the apps off my home screen and putting just every dollar there. So anytime I open my phone, I see every dollar. It's a reminder. I'm going to put the every dollar sticker on my debit card so that I'm reminded to go check the app to make sure I have the money and make sure I budget for it. It's things like that that you may sound silly. It might seem silly to other people, but if it keeps you on track, if that calendar where you have the red X because you did one more day of budgeting and you tracked it, that's a win. You don't want to break the chain now. That stuff matters psychologically. And so I don't know what that is for our friend Jackie, but she's got to figure out the root of that and where she's stumbling. And if that is Amazon, we're taking out our debit card information. We are deleting it. We are making it difficult, blocking that website on our computer, whatever we have to do in order to get those good habits in place. I, I can't stress that enough that we over-intellectualize behavior change sometimes. And um, sit down with your husband and say, hey, it's really, really important to me that every week we do a budget together. 
every Sunday night. Can we just put this on the calendar that we don't ever miss this? This is so important to me. It helps me feel safe and I'm trying to change my life. I want to change our tree. I want to change everything about our world. Will you just have this budget meeting with me on Sundays? Right? What husband's going to say no to that? And afterwards, we get to watch our favorite show. And we can't do that until we have the budget meeting. Yes. Or if you want to be more adventurous than <laughs> watch a show, but we, we'll get, we'll do things together after that. Right. But it's, it's about bringing people together and good for you, Jackie. Good for you. Uh, this kind of change is hard, but also, wow. And by the way, changing a scarcity mindset, um, begin to begin to keep a gratitude journal, write down five things a day that start with, I am grateful for, and begin to tip well. Scarcity mindset is cannot be in um, in Can't the presence survive. of. That's right. It, it, it withers and dies on its own little thorny vine when you are insanely generous, right? Um, because then you realize, oh, I gave this ki- this guy, I over tipped this person because they were so wonderful. I gave them their light bill or their water bill for the month, and that means I got to make lunch for the next two days. It's that exchange is almost always worth it, right? Always, mm-hmm. always. So good for you, Jackie. Great, great question. Um. We're going to run out of time to take a call. Let's talk about, um, let's run up here on Jade's new book. Oh, yes. Our friend Jade Warshaw has got a brand new quick read. It's her first one ever coming out on December 5th called Money's Not a Math Problem. And you can pre-order today for just 10 bucks. You'll also get access to a live online Q&A with Jade. And in this quick read, Jade uncovers the five lies we tend to believe about budgeting. The right budgets, the best budgets, they set people free to accomplish their money goals with control and confidence. And Dave has been saying for decades, personal finance is 20% head knowledge, it's 80% behavior. And that's what this book tackles. This quick read is not just about the numbers, it's about your mindset and your behavior. In there, Jade's going to share her story about her uh, and her husband, Sam, how they paid off $460,000 in debt, including 280 k of student loans with uh, combating these five lies. And included in the book is a special offer to get three months of the premium version of Every Dollar totally free for new users only. So go check it out today at RamseySolutions.com slash store. While you're there, you'll notice we've got the Cyber Monday sale popping off, John, with tons of incredible deals. I mean, you could really stock up. I don't know. Is it going to be a very Ramsey Christmas under the tree for you guys? Who knows? I hope so. Maybe if you're tired of going humans. into your kid's bedroom and you're like just walking through family Christmases and there's just discarded stuff, stuff, just junk, junk. The toy that instantly broke. Yeah, or just a dumb. That book looks. It needed like, D we batteries, don't need John. We don't have enough D batteries. Vampire love story book. What if this year you bought presents that actually had the potential to teach in a fun way and change people's lives? Go to RamseySolutions.com slash store. We'll be right back. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining in amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. This is the Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. Let's go out to Richmond, Virginia, and talk to the LIV. What's up, Liv? Hey, how are you guys? Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Thanks for calling. What's up? Okay, so my question is, like, with the amount of debt that I'm facing, 
should I just go ahead and start paying my debt off or start the first step of the baby steps? I'm 25 and I have about like, I want to say about $31,000 worth of debt. Um, 20000 of that is to the car that I just bought. And then um, 4000 of that is towards a credit card that I actually, um, sorry to admit, I had to set a payment plan up for because I didn't want any, to go like judgment or anything like that. And I kind of like made a lot of mistakes just being young and I'm like in a process of my life right now just trying to clean it up. But I work two jobs and I'm still living paycheck to paycheck and I'm just trying to figure it out right now. Well, thank you for your honesty. We're not we're not here to judge you or beat you up. We want to help you with a plan that actually works. Because so far, Liv's plan ain't cutting it. Yeah. I remember being there. I was the same way. I think I was 23 when I got on this plan, and I had $40,000 in consumer debt. So I remember that feeling oh. going like, is this it? This is this like American dream thing that I've been chasing down my entire, yeah. you know, heading into my adult life. So we want to help yeah. you here. What's your income from these two jobs? Um, so for my first job, um, I would say a month, um, monthly growth, I make about 4000 And then my second job, it's part-time, I probably make about 700 gross, yeah. A month? Yeah. Okay, so you're making over well over fifty k, and you've got 31 okay. in debt. This is a, a yeah. simple math equation of how do we pay this off very quickly to get rid of this debt in, let's say, 18 months or two years. Does that sound about right? Yeah. About right? Yeah. And so it's going to start with baby step one. There's a reason why these baby steps work. You've got to do them in order with focused intensity. Because when we try to do too many things at once, we tend to get nothing done. Okay. So how much money do you have in the bank right now? Um, Not a lot because I'm a really bad spender. Just like the, the email just admitted, like, and I'm not going to say impulsive. I'm an irresponsible spender. Hey, oh, hey look at that. Liv, you're going to be out of debt in no time. You know why? Because <laughs> you take responsibility. That's incredible. Good for you. So where are you tending to spend money? Um, uh, fast food and recreational, if you guys know what I mean. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, how about this? Yeah. <laughs> Can you put some restrictions in place to where you go, I'm going straight from work to home because I've got food at home? Yeah. And even when yes. I, it's I, inconvenient and I feel late, oh, remember I meal prepped Sunday. I already prepped all the chicken and rice and broccoli for the week, so I don't really have an excuse to go eat out. Okay. Is that part yeah. of it? Is it just convenience? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I've stopped eating out as much because I was eating out. It came up to roughly about 550 a month. When you added it up? Yeah. Yeah. That will definitely give you some sticker shock because people think, well, I probably spend, you know, 150 bucks on eating out. And then you actually go add up your bank statement and you go, oh, it's more like 550. Okay. Yeah. We were in the ballpark. Yeah. So that's part one is really getting the spending under control. And part two is can we increase income even more? And when you do that, you'll create something called margin in your budget when you learn how to spend less and make more. And that's going to help you pay off this debt really quickly. Okay. Um, so that's what I was also wondering. If I picked up a third job, would that be burning myself out or am I just thinking lazy? I don't know that I like those options. As yeah, you gave yourself two crap or you're so lazy. Options. Do I want diarrhea okay. or to throw up? How about neither of those? Let's <laughs> yeah. pick, let's pick okay. two different Yeah, ones. look at it as, okay, I can get four months of my life back if I pick up a few more hours because okay. I'll be out of debt faster yeah. and I can quit the side jobs yeah. faster. What, what, jo what, what are your jobs that you, that you do right now? 
Okay, I'm an office admin for a pool company okay. here in Virginia, and then part time I work at an an adult novelty shop. Okay, what is your um what is your your pool job pay you? Um, about fifteen dollars an hour, and my second job is twelve dollars an hour. So I drove by the other day in rural Tennessee, and there was a sign that said McDonald's was hiring for twenty bucks an hour. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah. What is it about the pool job? Is that is that the highest job, making fifteen bucks an hour? Um, honestly, it's my first quote unquote big girl job, and I've never honestly been paid as much. So yeah, this is like the first job that I've been paid like this much ever. Okay, so I'm, I want you to hang on the line. I'm going to send you a couple of things. We're going to send you our friend Ken Coleman's book, From Paycheck to Purpose. Okay. You're worth more financially than you think. And since this is the first time and you may not have um, family members that make a lot of money or make more than 15 bucks an hour, this makes you feel like a million bucks right. to you. Um, I want right. you to know that if you're, if you're the kind of person who's working two jobs and willing to take on a third one, you're the kind of person I want working for me. That tells me you got a good work okay. ethic. That means you're worth more than $15 an hour. The second thing is um, we're going to send you his get clear assessment that will point you into, into a direction of not a job. I don't want you playing the, oh, they're going to pay me 25 cents more an hour. Or this place will pay me 75 cents more an hour. And you go from a restaurant to a car dealership to a pool shop. I want you to start asking a question you may have never asked yourself ever, which is, what can I actually do to contribute and make my community a little bit better and help people and make a great living at the same time? Yeah. And this assessment will dig in and point you into a direction of, man, maybe if I went and, and got certified in this, or I could go do this right now, or there's this, this is right down the street, or my buddy's dad works at this place. It can expand your horizons and make a whole bunch more money. You may not have to take a, a third job is what we're saying if you increase your dollar amounts where you are now. Okay. Liv, okay. I'm, I'm, you said you were that. making 4000 a month, but based on $15 an hour, it's not tracking with me. What's the Plus what's $12 the right an hour in a second job. Um, so my math may be off, but just to give you like a just straight up number, like, um, my last, uh, take home pay was about $1,011. Is that for every two so weeks? I, yeah. Okay. So you're, we're, we're talking 15 an hour. You said 4,000 originally, and that made me think you were making almost 50 K. So that tells no. me you have way too much car for your income. This car is going to have yeah. to go. Yeah, it's the first car that I ever bought, and it, I was really struggling without a car, and I knew that I kind of was maybe making a bad decision with going with a five ninety nine a month car note, <laughs> not well, including insurance. One, here's one way to tell. If you're focused on the monthly payment, you can't afford it. Yeah. If we're trying to get the yeah. payment lower to afford it. So here's what I would do if I was in your shoes, because this is going to help you get some financial foundation. If you sold this car, could you sell it for what you paid for it? Um, yeah, I've only had it for about like eight months. Okay. That would be my goal. What you need to do in the meantime is save up some money to get you a beater car to get you from A to B. That's all we're doing right now. Okay. That might be a $5,000 car that you can pay for in cash that you found on Facebook Marketplace. You got it inspected at a local mechanic. They said it checks out. It'll get you a buy for two years. And live. Okay. People made fun yeah. of me and George for years and years yeah. and years for what we drove. And yeah. you know what matters? Not at all. Our wives still like us most most of the time. Our kids like us. They didn't marry us for our money. I'll right. tell you that. They're much. depreciating yeah. assets. Nobody cares. Yeah, no, I agree. It was just I was going through such a hard time previously before receiving this car that I was like, if I'm gonna go get a car and get a no, I want to get something that is close to what I like, but I kind of 
feel like I made a mistake doing yeah. that. It's okay. Hey, I did the exact same thing out of college. I bought the biggest, dumbest truck I could find. And okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I deserve it. I've been driving this crappy car. I deserve it. It's just I fell into the traps that George writes about in his new book. Like I just fell for it. Just hook, line, and sinker. You deserve freedom. Liv. Yeah. And that means yeah. driving this yeah. crappy, dumpy car that you paid cash for, and it doesn't have a $600 payment attached, and that helps you get rid of your credit card debt once and for all, helps you build an emergency fund so that you can be on this other side with no payments, money in the bank, investing for the future, and now you can focus on a job you actually want because you're not desperate for that next paycheck. Thank you guys so Doesn't much. Doesn't that feel right? Hang on the line here. We'll hook you up. We're going to get you those things from Ken Coleman, and we're going to send you um, a year of FPU, Financial Peace University. I want you to watch all the lessons. Watch them all. Especially the one on why spending that me and John do. That's right. We tag team back again a lesson on why spending. Make sure you check that out. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Dr. John Deloney this hour. We're taking your calls about money, life, relationships, whatever's on your mind, whatever's keeping you up at night, we want to talk about it. 888-825-5225. All right, let's go out to Gabe in Chi-Town, Chicago, Illinois. What's up, Gabe? Hi, thank you both for your time today. You got it, man. Thanks for calling. What's up? So my wife and I, we are on baby steps four, five, and six. Um, and, and as you know, we're currently living in Chicago and we bought a condo last year. Um, super happy, but now we're thinking about moving to Florida. We're going to grow our family, wanted to get closer to, to, to my parents and, and her parents. And so we're moving to Florida and we're unsure what to do with, with our condo. Uh, does it make sense to sell it? Uh, should we rent it because we've only had it for about a year and a half? Um, there has been some, some appraisal value to it, but, but with, uh, agent fees, it, we're really not sure what to do here. What are you going to do in Florida? Are you going to buy a place there? Not originally. Um, our, our hope is to rent first to see if we like it. Um, but that we're, we're not too sure yet. What if you sold the Chicago condo? And whatever you make from the proceeds, you may have to pay a, a little bit of capital gains taxes, it sounds it sounds like. And you just park that money while renting for a year in Florida. What would the harm be there? No, no harm at all. Um, I, 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 there's a slight increase in terms of the, the appraisal value. So, you know, we, we, we're trying to break even. Hopefully that could happen. We're unsure if, if, if that's the right move. But with us being able to rent it, it could make sense that eventually down the line there could be more more value in the place, more equity, and and this sounds kind of it sounds great on paper. Here's what the reality yeah, I was is: it's napkin math. You yes. live in Florida, and mm-hmm. the HVAC is busted, and now you're trying to deal with this as a long distance landlord with a property mm-hmm. you can't even see or deal with, and that part worries me. Because the truth is, if you're living in Florida, you wouldn't go out and buy a condo in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, th- when you true. think of it in the reverse, uh, when you reverse engineer it, you go, yeah. That doesn't make sense. This is a bad move. We're going to take the, we're going to break even. This is not going to be a money-making scheme. It was never meant to be. And renting this place out may not be the best thing for our financial future right now. Or let's, let's take the HVAC off the table. Cause that's when you can call an HVAC company. Let's say you get tenants and they're super trustworthy. And then the husband goes over to his buddy's house and ends up in an essential oils, uh, pyramid scheme. 
And then he watches a video on all the mold in the house in Chicago. And then suddenly he develops a cough and he calls you and says, my house is covered up in mold and we demand that you remediate the whole house and I have to have an, uh, um, a hotel for me and my wife or a and rental And you're covering house. medical costs as well. And you're like, well, well, I need to go in there and see it. So now either you're hiring somebody to come out and do that, who may have a vested interest in finding mold, or you got to get on a plane. See how dumb this is? Just sell the house. Mm-hmm. And I'll say yeah. this. This is probably not the best on paper, again, Math is mostly a psychology issue. I mean, not math. Uh, money is mostly a psychology issue. I've written a check on one house. I went to closing mm. with several thousand dollars because we were. When you factored in realtor fees, we were a little bit upside down, like three or four thousand bucks. I wrote a check because the long long term financial benefit to me was in my favor. And so on paper, mm-hmm. be like you lost money on a house. Yep, I did. I lived in it less than 12 months. I wrote a check on it, and then I was able to transform my family. So, I, I mean, I just – that extra baggage of having a house a bunch of states over just doesn't seem worth it to me. The other option is could you live in it six more months and hit that two-year mark? Yeah, why do you want to move all of a sudden? Yeah, there's, there's – I guess that's another thing that's in our favor. There's no rush. We, once again, want to start a family. We, we want to get closer to, to our family, uh, but there's – we're both remote, so we don't have to leave right now. Uh, we, we can just be patient. It's great, but uh, but yeah, no no immediate rush. I, I'd stick it out through the Chicago winter and just go, <laughs> yeah. all right, Florida's on the other side, but right now we're going to hang tight. And you can have a baby in Chicago, I found out. They have like hospitals there and stuff. <laughs> well, so and, and I'll also tell make- you this. My wife and I had a bunch of plans. She went to grad school, then I went to grad school, then she got her tenure track job, and then I got my administrative job. And we had mapped it out, and now we're going to have a family. And then we didn't get pregnant. Mm. And then another year went by. And then another year went by. And so the best laid plans, right? I mean, so you can have all the plans in the world. I wouldn't rush something just to rush it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know you can feel mm-hmm. the burden. Like, should we keep paying on this house, on this condo then, if we're going to sell it someday? Yeah, maybe, but... The number of times people call this show and they say, hey, I was doing something for six months and it's seven years later is regularly, okay? It's just the way mm-hmm. life works. And so I, I I would sell it when we moved and I wouldn't rush the move if you just absolutely don't have to. Yeah, but that's just that's just my two cents. Just two guys. That's right. That's right. All right, let's go out to Tampa where um, Gabe really wants to be living. Let's go out to Tampa and talk to Caden. What's up, Caden? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, man. What's up? How's it going? Partying, dude. What are you up to? <laughs> uh, well, I'll just call in. I have a question for you guys. So um, I'm, I just turned 20 a few months ago. I, I just moved to Tampa also a few months ago. And uh, bought my first house here, but I wanted to get you guys' opinion on kind of um, what I should be doing with my money. So I'm a pretty high average income earner, I guess I, guess I would say. So I'm top 1% in, uh, for my age group. And I have a ton of cash sitting in my bank accounts that I don't know what to do. And I don't have really anyone in my life to talk to um, that are high income earners, like in my family or really even too, too many close friends. So I'm wondering what you guys think I should do with the money, because I'm kind of one of those guys that saves everything that I can, because I've been listening to you guys for years. And, uh, I feel wasteful. That's just sitting in my bank account, not doing anything. All right. You got a pen? Uh, yeah. All right. Venmo username at George. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Kate, oh, do a good job. Maybe we can tell you all day what you could do with the money. I feel like you have some goals in mind, don't you? Do you have a home? Yeah, so I just my so my brother and I run a business together, so it's just me and him living out here. 
Um, and we just bought a home uh, about six months ago. Together? Yeah, so we live together in here. Our mortgage is about 2400 a month, and uh, what we were renting last year was 3500 So Are you all both on the deed? Uh, well, he, that just technically he is. Oh, boy. No, that's that's actually a good thing. I'm glad y'all didn't yeah. buy a house together. Yeah. Good. No, no, no. Just so you rent from your then brother. I can go get my own first house. Yeah, basically. I yeah, how does, how does the I mean, equity work? The he has 100% of the equity in this house. Uh, we, we paid, this house was only about three sixty. Okay, yeah, but you're just renting room from his brother. Okay, you're just renting with your brother. Yeah, yeah. We well, we so we run our business here, so we have six bedrooms and we have our own office space and stuff. But we run the business together. So oh, you have no yeah. financial interest in this house. Let's say you leave, he doesn't have to sell. Yeah, he doesn't have to give you any portion. No. Technically, okay. no. Yeah. I just want to make it real clear because you may leave and go. Well, I mean, I've been paying your rent. We kind of ran this thing together as a business, so I feel like I, I got some skin in the game. I just, I we've seen too much where. Things were supposed to go by the handshake agreement, and then life happened. No, no, I feel you. We're, we're twin brothers, and we so we we run our business. We're fifty fifty in our in our business with equity and everything. So. Have y'all written that down somewhere? Yeah, yeah, we have a S corp and, and everything as well, Good which is you. why I wanted to talk to you about. So, like Excellent. last year, we put um, one hundred and ninety thousand into our four hundred one k. That's what we have in savings. Each? We have about two hundred uh, together, so about ninety thousand each. Okay, all right. It, and then, um, but it's, we do it through, I'm sure you guys know what a deferred compensation plan is, right? So we have, so that's through our business as well. Um, so we have our own 401k and then with our business kind of matching it. And, um, basically it's like a pension plan, if that makes sense. So we contribute. So we're going to contribute and again this year, another 200,000 into there. Way um, to go. What is your business, then, man? Y'all just print money? You hire <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, basically, I started a business with him uh, when we were 17 in high school, uh, like right after COVID. But we basically just do arbitrage. So it started with just reselling things online, flipping it on eBay, Amazon, um, and then kind of grew into doing more of that as well as just consulting and stuff. So there's people that wanted to learn what we were doing. Good so for we kind of have that. And it all oh. kind of just kind of runs together. If, that well, makes sense. if you don't have Excellent. any debt to pay off, my next goal would be to be a homeowner and own an asset in that way, like your brother does. And so that's what I would be doing. And you may want to live there and you may want to get an office instead of doing it out of the house. That's up to you guys. But I want to own my own place as my next financial goal and continue to invest and also spend some, give some. That's going to help you avoid a flat tire with your life. Hey, that's the second hour in the books. Thanks for joining us right here on The Ramsey Show.